0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 103 of Three Point Podcast. Our trifecta includes the young buck, Jared Fattell of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our middle guy, he's Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm the ancient one, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our partners include Advanced Elevator. The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, the Corona Public Schools, ProMec Engineering, and our syndication teammate, Sports Radio Detroit. Give us a follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast hosting site. And we love your comments and questions on social media. Hit us up at 3 Point Pod. Well, we have another fun one coming up with another, as I call it, social media star. We'll be joined by Mike. Camerlingo, the creator of 60 Second Classics, and you can also check him out on Twitter at mcamerlingo, and you can find his films on Instagram at 60 Second Classics. We're going to talk about our regular nonsense, of course, including a special edition of Tedertainment tonight, and we're going to get it all rolling right after this short break.
2: Okay, guys, so let's get this podcast going with, with uh, an interview that we're all really excited for. I came across Mike's videos and some of his stuff on social media when I saw these 60-Second Classics. Where we're all movie fans. We all know that, people who listen to this podcast. And these videos you have to go to and check them out on Instagram. The handle is at 60-Second Classics. Go check those out. But we have the creator of those videos, Mike Camerlango, on to chat with us. He's been on MTV's Joking Off. I edited some of his stuff when he did some stuff on ESPNU, the show Unite. He's got a bunch of other stuff, 12 Beers, a web series. If you haven't come across anything, head to his Twitter page, at MCamerlango on Twitter, and just see everything that he's about. So we're excited to chat with Mike. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
3: And perfect pronunciation of my last name that is you nailed it so thank you for that
2: too. Well, i'm good I, i'm glad you say that because you know that, that could go a bunch of different ways and especially the three of us are from michigan and you, know, you always hear about that michigan accent so definitely didn't want to mess up the last name so i'm glad i no, got no, that right. it was
3: great thanks and uh, yeah thanks for having me on i'm excited to be here awesome well i'm going to start off the first question i have to ask i said
2: the the first thing that kind of made me want to see if you wanted to come on this podcast and chat with us were those 60-second classics videos. Break down, the, the, I guess, the process of those. Are are you a big, you're obviously a comedian, but are you a big movie fan? Kind of what's the process of putting those videos together?
3: Yeah, so I've always loved, you know, pop culture. I've always loved movies and TV shows. And it kind of came from a place, I, I started doing a version of them maybe a year or two ago where it was... I was playing kind of more of a character and I was using it as a way to just kind of showcase my writing. So I could, you know, make a video or two and be like, here's a bunch of jokes, but also something, you know, jokes about something that I like. Cause I, all the movies I do, I, I really like, even if they're, you know, not the best movies by, by, you know, Rotten Tomatoes score or whatever. I, I, there's something about them that I enjoy. So at this point, it's like, I'll I'll identify a movie. I'll, if I know the movie well, it makes it way easier I'll figure out kind of the plot points, write out you know six to eight kind of long sentences, and then just try to find spots for jokes. And my goal with it is just to kind of give you, take you through the movie so you know what's happening, but also try to have some you know one-liners throughout it. Because at the end of the day, it's I'm, I'm trying to make it you know a funny video more than just a straight recap because you know i leave out a lot of plot points in these videos so
0: well i think you recap them pretty well and, and i think you kind of touched on it a little bit uh, mike that uh, you know you're a writer and you can tell that when you put the put the delivery together i mean you know, a couple of your presentations christmas vacation and i'm watching it and i hear turkey queef okay that got me laughing or or, <laughs> or happy gilmore uh, upper decker and grandma's toilet i mean that's yeah. just brilliant <laughs> writing
3: yeah, no, thank you. I'm I'm glad you say that because that that was kind of the 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 whole reason I started them was just another way to show off my writing. I, I at the time when I was doing them, when I started doing them, I was doing a lot of you know applying a kind of a lot of writing jobs, and a lot of these jobs have writing packets. You know, you could write a a thing and they can read it, or I I thought it might make me stand out a little bit more if I had these pieces that I that I did, and uh, you know, it helped a little bit, but it would it more of a uh, it became more of a thing that people just enjoyed them, and, and it's kind of growing on its own.
1: So I'm kind of just following, uh, following the fun with it and, and uh, keeping going. You've been in a lot of commercials, which is kind of wild to say, including like ones like Fox Sports and stuff like that. What's it like being in a commercial? That just seems like an all-time flex that when you see yourself like in a nationally like syndicated commercial that you just feel like incredible. What's
3: that like? The whole commercial process is so funny because it's so the whole thing is so stupid because you go on all these auditions and you know you see there's there's a hundred people there and you're doing in the the line between why you got booked and why you didn't, it, it could be anything. So it's it's, uh, it, its its a really, like, it's a funny but also very discouraging thing to just go out to these commercial auditions and you go in and say one line and they're just like, yeah, all right, see ya. But, like you said, if you book something, then you're feeling real good about yourself. You're like, yeah, I am the guy who should be selling soap. You know, <laughs> you just get this big hit. So, yeah, that Fox Sports one I did was fun, and then everybody said, on the internet where they were like, is this the worst commercial ever made? And it kind of brought me back down a little bit. <laughs> I not think it was that bad. It was fine. I, I thought it was good. You know, your
2: background, you know, you, you were on the MTV's Joking Off. You were a regular on that series. But did you ever do stand-up? And if so, kind of what is the difference between doing stand-up, writing, writing jokes to in front of a live studio audience or whatever, versus writing for these 60-second classic videos or some of the commercials or anything else that you do?
3: So I did, I did stand-up for a while. I don't do it anymore. I, I was more of a performer. Like, I, I did improv for a long time. I did a lot of sketch comedy. And I would always do stand-up enough to just kind of keep the muscles. But to be a good stand-up, you've got to be going out like, you know, 10 times a week or something. And that just wasn't my thing. Because I never really wanted to be a stand-up. I, I do like kind of writing specific jokes. And that's what the 60-second classics to do. I think in stand-up, unless you're maybe a one-liner person, it's it's more story-driven. And, and while you do need to have jokes, it's not as you know set-up punch, set-up punch, set-up punch. Unless you're one of those comedians who does that, but but that's really hard to do over a you know 10 to 15-minute set.
0: Now, uh, give us a little bit more about your background, Mike. I mean, you're currently in New York, right? Are, were you always a New Yorker?
3: So I'm a uh, Massachusetts guy. I I grew up uh, in a suburb outside of Boston. And went to Quinnipiac College which is in Connecticut mm-hmm. um, and then after that when I was a senior I started doing some comedy and I would go down to New York which was about an hour and 45 minutes away take a train and I would start doing comedy I was doing improv classes so as I was getting set to graduate I just made the decision to you know let's let's try this out in New York and that was oh, 2007 so I've been down here ever since. And, yeah, I kind of moved around in New York, but uh, been in Brooklyn for the past seven years.
0: And then, you Um, know, you're doing a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, but where do you make your bread and butter?
3: I mean, all over the place. I mean, there was a while where I was working, you know, when I first moved to New York, I was working in real estate. Mm -hmm. I was working... You know, I worked as a waiter, I worked in a wine store, all that stuff of like a, someone who wants to keep their schedule more flexible. Um, but more recently, I've been able to make money and make a living freelance writing and all that stuff. So now people are hiring me to, you know, whether it's write branded spots or, you know, create videos for them. I Recently, I've been creating a lot of videos in the vein of 60 Second Classics for, companies i did one for bleacher report and i got a couple of other ones that may happen so it's it is cool is that the thing that i kind of wanted to happen is is starting to a little bit in that people are coming to me and saying hey we like this thing we want you to we want your style to help us out with something so
1: uh that's been nice so you you worked on we mentioned it in the intro you worked on the show unite which i was a little bit too young i mean it aired in 2012 I was still in grade school, so I wasn't quite able to stay up until midnight. But the idea of a sports, like, late-night television, like, entertainment show, sketch comedy show, seems like a good idea. Like, why don't you think it worked out?
3: I don't know. It it was a great idea. I I think sports comedy shows have always kind of not worked out, and I don't know the exact reason, because there seems to be a lot of overlap, but I don't know if it's because, you know, people don't like when you joke about their team or if it's to me, it's like when you do a sports comedy show and it's all about sports, everything's sports, sports, jokes, sports, jokes. There's only so many sports jokes you can make. So I think to kind of center it on that, but, but to feel free to get away from it. I think on Unite, we did that a little bit. Um, and It was a great place to work. I mean, I, I really learned how to write and edit and produce. Like, they would give me a budget every week, and I would go off and write and act in a sketch and edit it with my friend who was directing it. So that was a great time for me to just, like, figure out how to write, how to act, how to do all that stuff. And, you know, they would put it on at 12.45 in the middle of the night. So it was great that uh, even the, the swings and misses, you know, didn't really hurt you or anything. Um, but it, it's something that I do think about, the sports comedy thing. I know, like, Norm MacDonald had a show a couple years ago I thought it was really funny. But I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the key is to creating a
0: successful one. You know, speaking of sports and comedy, you had a clip Jared actually shared with me earlier today, uh, the Baba Booey thing, and, you know, it's close to my heart because I'm a Howard Stern slappy. What was your involvement with that?
3: I basically pitched them that idea. I knew that, you know, I think it was coming up on uh, a five-year anniversary of uh, Baba Booey's infamous first pitch, (laughs) and um, I I have a contact over there, so I kind of put together a little you know, one-minute thing and said, you know, this would be funny if you guys wanted to do this. And then they were like, yeah, this is great. And we kind of bounced some stuff back and forth. And then I ended up being the, uh, you know, one of the guys that uh, Baba Bowie coached when he, was a, when he was a kid. Right. When he was a kid, which was great. I got to break out my Baba Booey first pitch impression. So uh, it, it, was, it was awesome to do because I'm a big Stern fan. So it was great.
2: No, that, that one definitely is really funny. And I wanted to ask you, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago about swings and misses, And like what we're doing with podcasts, you don't hit on everything. You know, we've definitely had some podcasts that didn't do as well or we didn't feel as well. But then some other ones that performed really well, it's got to be the same with comedy. What is it that kind of keeps you going? Because is it the ones that just blow up or, you know, go viral, if you want to say it that way? Or do you ever have the ones that you thought would go viral, but they don't really hit?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the ones that don't work. You're usually able to pinpoint why. Oh, ideally, that's that's the best case scenario where you put something out and you go, "Yeah, this didn't really work because it was kind of like this, or you know, maybe the writing was a little off, or I, I did this." But um, it can be frustrating if you think something's really good and it just doesn't click for whatever reason. Um, I, I think the yeah, what, what keeps you kind of going back to the well is is the ones that do. It's just kind of that positive reinforcement. So if you have a couple things that kind of don't do well or you're not getting much traction and You know, you'll get someone who's like, oh, this is awesome. I mean, it's the same thing as when you're going on, when when I used to, you know, I don't do it too much anymore, but go out for commercial auditions and stuff. And, you know, you go out to 10 auditions and you're like, what the hell am I doing? This is, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then someone's like, oh, you're the funniest guy. This is awesome. And you're like, hey, maybe I am. You know, so it's (laughs) that like a little bit of positive reinforcement to to keep you going. And uh,
0: that helps. I don't
3: know. Maybe life would be a lot better maybe if you didn't get that because then you could just quit this racket and live a normal (laughs) life. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind know. of like, we talk a lot of sports, it's kind of like golf.
2: It's You know, it's like that, right. that yeah. one hole that you hit a perfect drive and you have a birdie. That's what keeps you coming back. But like you said, you probably shouldn't, like, set your sights too high. Like, you're probably not that good of a golfer just because yeah, the one all, When You
3: could get, you get shoot a 120 and all you're thinking about is that drive on the 16th <laughs> hole, you know? So, it's a sickness.
1: <laughs> so, you you worked with Vinny from Jersey Shore, I'm on, on joking off. Like, he's got to be one of the coolest people you've ever worked with, right? Yeah, he was
3: like a full-time celebrity. We we were on a uh, we got paired up uh, on a team. The way the show worked, it was like three teams of two, and it was like a comedic game show. So you guys would go out together and do little bits and all that stuff. But I remember we were walking down. We had rehearsal by Penn Station, and we were walking, you know, a couple blocks. It was kind of a busy part of town. But we were just walking, talking together, and people were like their mouths are dropping when they're looking at us. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm like, oh, oh, this is Vinny. Like everybody knows this guy. He is, he is big time. And it was just so funny to see. Uh, but yeah, that was the, uh, that was my, my first, uh, standing next to a celeb moment.
1: <laughs> did you ever like go to a bar or a nightclub or something like with him? Cause you must, if you did, you would have felt like a king that night. I know. I know. No, I, I definitely should have
3: uh, tried to hang out with Vinny more. We should have, uh, I think the only time we all got together was like the rap party, but that was kind of a closed event. So Vinny, if you're listening, dude, let's hang out. (laughs) Speaking of of MTV, like we we talk a lot with the,
2: the three different generations that we have on this podcast. MTV has definitely like gone through, I don't know, like generational phases, like the way it started just music videos. I remember like when I was watching MTV growing up, it was TRL was like the biggest deal in the world. You would mm-hmm. come home from school to watch TRL, and then you know, Pit My Ride, and all those other shows came out, like Joking Off and everything. Is it was it cool to work for MTV? I mean, I don't, I know you don't probably don't want to knock them or anything, but what was it like working for MTV?
3: No, I mean it was it was interesting because you know when I was doing it, I was, it's like you said, like if you told twelve, a fourteen-year-old Mike that you'd be on a show on MTV, I would have thought I I had made it. I was like the king, you know, um, but. When I was there, it was still a cool thing. I think MTV at that point, it started to lose kind of its, you know, MTV and cable in general. I mean, all these channels aren't really the thing that they used to be. So, you know, you're on TV. Yeah, you know, there's 2,000 channels. So uh, it was definitely cool, but it wasn't probably as, as cool as it would have been if it was 2004.
0: I want to ask you back to the 60-second classics, Mike. I mean, you know, I I scanned through quite a few of them: Kickboxer with Jean Claude Van Damme, Goodwill Hunting. You know, the others they're they're awesome. But do you have a favorite?
3: Oh, um, you know, I look at them like my children. I, I like some of them better <laughs> than others, but I can't really bring myself to say which one. Okay, that's fair. So I I I think it's um. I, I actually really. Like, the, uh, the Karate Kid one, I, I think, is my, one of my favorites. I think that was the first, which is funny. I have a good friend who, who said he doesn't really like that one. And he like, he's like, I like all he videos. I don't really like the Karate Kid one. And I'm like, well, that's my favorite one. But I think the, the reason is that was the first one I kind of figured out, like, the tone of it. Because, I, like I said, I'd been doing this kind of flailing around trying to figure out how to do these recaps. They used to be I used to have them with me on camera. And then I used to do them. They were two minutes. And then that was the first one where I just kind of hit like joke, 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 and like just going through the movie. The music works, and and that's the one I think if you had to say which one, which one's number one, I would say The Karate Kid in kind my
0: heart. Kind of got it going, and uh, you know, you also did some other ones, not just on movies. Bill Gates was also hilarious.
3: Oh right, yeah, it was uh, cool to kind of break out. of That was just kind of on a whim. I, I did the, the I did the Say by the Bell one too, with Zach and Slater are fighting. So I. I um, <laughs> I do the recaps, and then I'm doing some some kind of scene commentary, too. It kind of all feeds in together, and uh, it's good. It's a nice little change-up, I think, with those two kinds of videos.
1: You made a website basically dedicated to finding a, a brand-new slow-pitch softball team. Ted <laughs> on our podcast kind of champions himself as a legend of slow-pitch softball. So maybe, like, what's your sales pitch as to why he maybe should add you to a swap? <laughs> Well, thank you for uh, finding that website. It's actually
3: something I'm very proud of. Yeah, I would say I'm a I'm a team player. I'll always know, <laughs> you know, I'll always call ahead to Chili's. Get us a spot. <laughs> I will, uh, you know, I'll dive. I feel like that's a good teammate, someone who's willing to dive.
0: Absolutely.
3: Slide. I'll wear sweatpants so there's no excuses. No, no, like, I can't wear shorts. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll always show up early, you know? I mean, that's pretty good. That's a good teammate, showing up early, getting everybody into Chili's big table and sliding. Those are
0: my three. I got I got a spot for you, Mike. I mean, no kidding.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. All, I'm all ready. right. I played a couple of years ago. We were playing for a while, and guys just started dropping like flies. So maybe this is the year I make a comeback.
0: Sounds, sounds really good.
3: Those are a lot of the big qualities for a good
2: slow pierce softball teammate. I would say also the guy that always brings the sunflower seeds or like oh, yeah. the, the bubble gum, right. the big old bucket of bubble gum. Those are always good teammates too.
0: Or makes the yeah, beer yeah. run afterwards.
2: Exactly. Well, we, we talk a lot, before we maybe start to get you out of here, if anyone else has questions, but we talk a lot about our glory days, you know, back in the day playing playing sports in high school or the intramurals in college or slow-pitch softball. And I know you have a pretty legendary intramural flag football story from college uh, that we have to hear about. Wait, which
3: one's that? You won, you won a championship in college playing intramural flag football, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's on my website too. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it was senior college. Intermurals and the thing our intramurals were they were terrible because they were at like eight in the morning on the weekends and just a bad a bad time if you're trying to have fun the night before. So we were uh, we were down in the semifinal game probably by three touchdowns and you know we just we just rallied together and made it made a comeback and then in the finals forget about it once we won that game forget about it. And the best part of that story is that the kid one of my good friends who was on our team the year before who who loved intramural football, like nothing. He transferred to a different school, and uh, us winning, it just broke his heart. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's something we still talk about to this day.
0: Well, that's awesome stuff. And I'll tell you, Mike, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. Uh, you've got so much good stuff going on. We're going to be talking about it further down the road. But uh, I really hope we can maybe touch bases with you again down sometime uh, in the future. Uh, this has been really fun.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I, I'd definitely love to come back. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll add a video to that softball website and we can talk about that.
0: All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll be looking for some upcoming uh, movie movie uh, takes, too.
3: Yeah, yeah. I should have another video this week. So I'll get I'll get something good going.
0: All right. Again, tell our listeners the best spot to, to maybe hop on board and follow you, Mike.
3: Uh, yeah, so 60 Second Classics on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at MCameralingo. And also just launched a... Podcast 60-Second Classic, same name. Um, just a short kind of thing that goes along with my videos each week. I mean, you need about 15, 20 minutes. Easy to listen to on the can, so check it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what it's all about. Well, we, we appreciate it, Mike. Take care and uh, have a good year.
3: Thank you, guys. Thanks. You too.
0: Oh, man, that was fun stuff with Mike, and I uh, can't wait to check out all his upcoming videos. But uh, before we move to entertainment tonight... I want to tell you about Advanced Elevator Company. They feature top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators. An area business leader and longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud partner of Three Point Podcast. The CoronaConnection.com knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. And speaking of Corona, make Corona your school of choice, young or old. It's great to be gold. All right, guys, we're going to have a, a solid segment here on entertainment. And one thing I want to get into, I don't know if both you guys saw Star Wars yet. I know Jared did, but uh, I had a chance over Christmas break, actually Christmas Day, to go see Star Wars. And even though I'm not uh, I'm not one of these Star Wars nerds that has to know every detail or follow along every plot line, I thought it was a very well-done movie, and I thought it tied up... Uh, Pretty much all the pieces pretty well, and what I really got a kick out of, you know, especially being the elder statesman here, is all the originals, all the original key members of the Star Wars franchise back at the beginning, back in the mid-'70s, all made an appearance. So overall, uh, on our scoring system of 1 to 3 here on 3 Point Podcast, I give it a solid 2.9.
1: The movie was a lot of fan service for people like you who just – Essentially, had no family to go home to, no or nothing else to do on Christmas Day, so they found themselves in the theater. It, it's a it's a solid movie in itself, but when you like put together the whole last three trilogy movies, and I know we're losing Matt, who I don't think even knows who Yoda. We need is, a sound effect.
0: Just, nerd, so, alert,
1: nerd, nerd alert! Nerd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alert! But. Basically, when you—it's a solid movie by itself, which is kind of how you watch it. But when you put it together with the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens, the the whole tr- last trilogy they've had really just makes no sense. A- and I hated this movie as a result, and it made me actually hate the last two movies because none of it really adds up, and there's no cohesive storyline. And it, it, to anyone who has a brain, I think they could realize how that just made this overall just not that great of a movie. And you could tell that they were just feeding you slop, head and yet you still ate it up and you loved it.
0: I did, I'll, and I'll, I'll readily admit it. I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, I mean, let's face it. I, I don't know how you compare Star Wars to the uh, superhero movies, but let's face it, they're all the same. You start out with some good guys, the good guys falter, the bad guys look like they're going to get an advantage, and at the end, the good guys win. I mean, it's every single you know, every single movie like that is, is the same plot line. It's just the way different things they put on the film.
2: Yeah, that's Basically every movie. kind of what I've yeah. heard, kind of what you said, Jared. That's kind of what I've heard from some of the people that I talk to at work who are huge. I work with a lot of people who are huge Star Wars people, and that's why I asked them, like, is it worth going to see, being that I haven't ever seen any of the Star Wars? And they said, yeah, this last one you could go see, and they're just tying stuff off, like you said, Jared, or Ted characters from every movie have made an appearance and stuff so i could probably go watch that one if i wanted to but i feel like i still would be like who's that guy who's that guy who's that guy so i i probably won't i feel like i wouldn't be doing
1: the series justice if i just went and watched this one and and ted what you just said about how they're all the same storylines how it's the they how are they gonna end up beating the bad guys at the end i mean basically every Movie genre has the same kind of storyline that they go by. I mean, Matt's a rom com expert. Basically, the couple's together at the start, then they break up, and then they get back together at the very end. Yeah. I I mean, that's That's kind of every movie. It has its own, like, that's kind of how they all go.
0: No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I
1: would say so.
2: The, The breakup is a great, like, a great example of one that doesn't follow that same scenario.
0: I would say it tends—it tends to be that way on rom-coms, but you know, okay, if you if you put rom-coms and uh, and you know, and superhero movies in one category, but there's a whole heck of a lot of other movies out there that are completely off the wall that have you know some brain thought put to it, you know, and have different twists that that do have a surprise ending.
1: Well, that's the thing. That's why you. But you're you're saying how they're all the same these star wars movies no that was just this specific star wars movie that you happen to love that's that's what this one was not the past star wars movies where the empire strikes back the bad guys win at the end well,
0: you, you, I, I
1: mean star wars is actually the opposite literally one of the titles of one of their movies is the bad
0: guys winning <laughs> right that's true that part is true and i will say this i i certainly won't get worked up because you put me in one category where i enjoyed the movie i'm okay with that i mean that's i I'm that way with a lot of movies. Avengers Endgame. I enjoyed it. I didn't really watch all the other ones leading up to it. And and I'm that way in general. I mean, if it's a good flick and it's not too confusing where you have to know every detail on the previous episode or two, what the heck? I mean, it's pretty good when they can set it up and you still can enjoy it.
2: So being that you you just watched this, you're admittedly not a huge Star Wars guy. Jared, are you you a big Star Wars fan?
1: I love Star Wars. I, I... I've seen all the movies probably four or five times apiece. All the video games I grew up playing, the video games, Star Wars Battlefront. I actually, from time to time, this is, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, uh, <laughs> where people actually can hear it. I'll just watch like fan theories on Star Wars on YouTube. So, <laughs> so for Ted to come in here and say how basically he's trying to match his opinion to my opinion in terms of Star Wars, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's making fun of me in a way. I, I, I live for Star Wars. I love Star Wars movie, And this movie was a just complete disappointment. There's no other way to, point it, to yeah. put it. Did so, both of you guys sign up for Disney Plus?
0: I have not yet.
1: I, I did not, but my family, we got a year free with some sort of Verizon deal, and that was the first thing I watched. There's a whole Star Wars section basically devoted to only Star Wars movies.
0: Yeah, you're watching you the, watch
1: the Mandalorian?
0: He is, of course he is.
1: Yes, I, this, it was my favorite TV show of the year, Of the year, actually. Hopefully, uh-huh. Matt, I'm hoping you're leading into that you have watched it as well.
2: No, but that that's... To to the point that we were kind of saying, people at work have told me, I'm, I'm basing a lot of this off people who have watched the movies. They said the Mandalorian is in like the Star Wars world, but you don't have to know anything about Star Wars to enjoy it. So they've said like, watch that and that might get you into Star Wars.
0: You know, I just thought since you brought that up, I think I just thought up a new nickname for Jared, Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and you were Yoda. And you are Yoda. There you go. 100-year-old guy. <laughs> Well, anyway, hey Jared. Either way, you were disappointed in Star Wars, right? So, you're you're. What would you give it on a ranking then?
1: It's a five out of ten. You're out enter, of 10. It's, it's one of those things where I will admit there was a few moments that, I'm like, wow, that was cool. When they have Obi Wan talking to him in Yoda's voice, and the, and and the Star Wars, like the lightsaber battles are always going to be cool. Mm-hmm. So, for that for that alone, it, it's five. It's a five out of ten.
0: All right. Well, you know, it's whatever floats your boat and obviously you you know the details way, way more than I do of all the characters and that. So I, I'll give you credit for that. That's that's one way to watch a franchise. Probably the best way to be frank, but I still enjoyed the movie, so all the way around they're making money off both of us.
1: They are. Uh can I can I throw out a movie that I actually just watched last night and and I've just actually loved it, and I'm actually going to recommend it to all of our listeners, and to you two especially. Yeah. It was actually, I was talking about The Mandalorian, how it's my favorite TV show right. of the year, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, which is a—it's kind of like an indie movie. I don't know if it's as popular. Probably neither of you guys have seen it. Probably almost none of our listeners have watched this movie yet. Okay. But basically what this movie is about, and it's by Ta- Taika Waititi uh, is the director. And he directed uh, Thor Ragnarok, which is a superhero movie, Ted, but mm. I love that one as well. Okay. So basically here's the synopsis. Let me know what your thoughts are on this just right out the gate. So Jojo is a lonely German boy who discovers that his single mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic, aided by only his imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. Jojo must confront his blind nationalism as World War II continues to rage on. I mean, that's just a wild, like teaser, is it not?
0: It is. And I have seen some clips and have have wondered what the movie was about specifically. So it's it's about a kid and his family and his mother's hiding a, a Jewish uh, family, huh?
1: Yeah, but it's also it's like it's it's a comedy, which is oh, right. which is why the movie has kind of received a lot of it. It's, it divides people on whether or not it's okay because. I mean, the kid's imaginary friend is Hitler, right. and and he views and it's like and Hitler's kind of an idiot in the movie because it's it's the kid's like brain that's thinking of him, and and, and like just one of the opening scenes, it, it's 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 weird. It doesn't sound like it would be funny when I say it, but it's him like going through the Hitler Youth training, and they're like they're having a party like a bonfire where they're just like burning books and celebrating and like cheering. Like it, it sounds stupid, but. It's, just, it's, it's it's a funny movie, and and the, the soundtrack is actually awesome as well. It's, it's a lot of popular songs that are actually made for through, like, German versions. So, for example, like the opening sh- shot that I'm talking about, which is a montage of the Hitler Youth, is uh, what's the, the Beatles' I Want to Hold Your Hand. It's just a German version of that song. And then the ending song at the end of the movie is uh, David Bowie Heroes, just in German. So it's just a really good movie, and I feel like it's one of those movies that you wouldn't normally go out of your way to watch, unless somebody specifically said, hey, go watch this, and that's
0: kind of what I'm doing right now. Well, you know, it did have critical acclaim. I mean, it, it was nominated for, for, I think, a Golden Globe, and uh, the little kid was nominated. So it has got some pub out there, so I, I, I would like to see it. it. Now, how did you watch it? On on demand or on what? Or did you go to the movies?
1: It wasn't on demand. Let's just say it might not have been legal. I got So gotcha. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. That's really how I watch most of my movies, and let me tell you. <laughs> being able to watch movies that are in the theaters right on your, right on your iPad or wherever, it's awesome. That's pretty it, neat. It's the way I can't recommend it enough.
0: Awesome. Um, I'll recommend one. I've got a couple here, two or three, that we can get into. You know, I've become a big Netflix fan, and uh, during the break, I, I got a chance to watch Eddie Murphy and Dolomite is my name. Have either one of you seen that one?
3: No, I've heard of it, though.
0: It's really good. Eddie Murphy really a tremendous performance. He plays this guy named Rudy Ray Moore, who he kind of was a struggling comedian, nightclub guy, and all of a sudden he found a niche of uh, you know making these campy uh, black movies. It's hard to explain, but Eddie Murphy was just <laughs> Eddie Murphy was just unbelievable playing the lead character Dolomite, and uh, definitely worth the watch on Netflix if you guys get a Did chance. You?
1: I actually started, I watched about the first 30 minutes of this movie. Okay. And I love Eddie, and I figured, oh, I love Eddie Murphy. I'll love whatever he does. I just, as somebody who had no idea who the heck Dolomite is, I just couldn't really get into it. Is that something you watched when you were a kid or something? Like, who the heck is Dolomite?
0: No, but I lived in the era back in the 70s when, you know, they had the, the Blacksploitation movies. You know, they had, like, uh, oh, what's her name, Pam Greer, and some of these other actors, you know, they had their own little niche and then he, he came and joined that niche. Uh, I was well aware of it, but, you know, it was mostly for the uh, black audiences out there at the time, frankly. And it's a true story, which also I found pretty neat. And I thought the, uh, you know, the, the settings there in the 70s was well done as well. And, and Eddie Murphy was just fantastic. So I could see where that one would be more of a generational thing that people maybe more, more my age group would get into than yours.
1: It is good that Eddie Murphy is back, though. I will say that much. I mean, I, Eddie Murphy is the kind of guy, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Eddie Murphy. Right. I mean, it, it's just every, from everything from Raw, which might surprise you that I actually like that, that stand-up comedy, but I actually did when I was growing up. Anywhere from there to Daddy Daycare,
0: <laughs> and, and he also Daddy made a fun. he also made a very solid comeback on Saturday Night Live right before the holidays or right during the holidays. It was just that was a great Saturday Night Live where he hosted it and brought back a lot of his old characters. So very cool.
2: So Jared, you've watched some of his stand up. If there's people in like you would be in the generation that has only seen the Daddy Daycare type movies of Eddie Murphy, like. If you don't know his whole career, his stand-up is very different than some of those, like, poppy comedy movies that he's done. Like, if you've only watched The Nutty Professor, Daddy Daycare, and then you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to go watch some of his stand-up. You might be in for a little bit of a surprise.
1: It's kind of embarrassing that Daddy Daycare is the first movie that came to my my mind. (laughs) But Coming to America is one of my probably top 20 favorite movies of all time. I could watch that movie a million
0: times. I love that one. That's a classic. No doubt about it. Also, caught another one on Netflix uh, just yesterday, and uh, it was it was awesome. Now, I think this might be m- geared mostly to all our Catholic listeners out there, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but but you guys have probably seen the, the the ads for it. The two popes, have you heard about that? The two
2: yes. popes. This is a show. Another yeah, movie?
0: it's a it's a it's a Netflix uh, movie, and it's about it's a great behind the scenes look at how first of all a pope is elected. And then how we got to the current situation with Pope Benedict retiring, which is almost unheard of. I think the last time a pope retired was in, the like, the 1200s. But Pope Benedict retired, and Pope Francis took his place. All I can tell you is some of the best acting performances by Anthony Hopkins as Benedict and, and Oscar-worthy Acting job by Jonathan Price. He plays Pope Francis. You don't really have to be a Catholic to to enjoy it, but I think anybody that is will really get into this movie. And I thought the acting was just absolutely tremendous with those two actors. So
1: you say, you say that it would be in people who are Catholic would be intrigued. I'm Catholic. Yeah. And nothing about what you just said intrigues me whatsoever <laughs> about this movie. And I also will say this: when, you think that
0: when's the last time you've gone to mass, young man? <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of catholic that, are you
1: <laughs> do you think that if you go to church right around i would say five to ten times a year what would, would that cater to this audience i guess i should say i go to Mass twice and Christmas eve and easter
0: yes exactly <laughs> yeah well yeah i i give it a try you know if you're bored someday and want to see some great acting and and it's it's uh, it's very well done that's all i can tell you matt we seem to be leaving you out have you seen any entertainment stuff lately
2: <laughs> Actually, well, this is always Uncle Ted and little little nephew Jared. It doesn't
0: need to be. <laughs> but,
2: uh, no, I, I mean, I've seen some stuff. I do watch some things. Uh, the the thing I was going to bring to the table is uh, the TV series You. I don't know, Jared, you've probably seen some people talking about it. I don't know if you've come across it, Ted.
0: I've heard of it, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, Like I never watched Dexter, but oh kind of compared it to dexter Loved dexter
0: um, loved dexter
2: oh you so you watched dexter see so, yeah you you might be into this it's on netflix okay it's two seasons in we just finished the second season um I, I i think it's really good i never watched dexter again so it was kind of hard for me to like compare it to that but you know there there's been some twists and you know it is kind of there's a lot of killing and like blood and gore or whatever a little bit but um i mean if you like dexter then you wouldn't you wouldn't mind this one but yeah there's been a couple twists in it it's like a i I don't know, I think they call it like a psychological thriller you know mm-hmm. a little bit of like romance and stuff but um no it's good and like some of the twists in the second season i wasn't expecting and there is a third season so yeah it's good and it's funny because it's one of those shows like a lot of people are talking about it right now on on social media and stuff and Like, I have a couple buddies at work who are single who also watch the movie, and we've been like, I don't know if this is the type of, or the show, I don't know if this is a show that, like, if you're on a first date with someone, if you want to tell them that, like, you're really into this show. Because the main character is, (laughs) uh, he goes around killing a lot of people. So we've just made jokes, like, if if you're a single guy and you're telling girls that you're into this show, probably not a good idea.
0: Yeah, you may not get a follow-up.
2: Damn it! That's that must be what I've been uh, doing wrong lately. <laughs> uh, so, so Matt, yeah, the, the did last few like, dates, the last few Tinder dates you've been on, you told them to go watch you.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that
1: must have been why they were so repulsed.
0: But, so
1: Matt, what? So did you, without giving away maybe spoilers on this show, because I'm sure Ted will probably go home and binge the whole thing tonight. Oh yeah. Did, did you like the twist in season two? I personally didn't. I'm not I'm not necessarily going to say liked. I
2: definitely didn't see it coming. Yeah, it, it made me like not as excited for the third season. I will say that because like kind of how things played out, it kind of made me like, oh, uh, like cool. You know, you got me. I, I didn't see it coming, but all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's but I, I'm I still get. entertained by it. I will say that. So I mean, if you're if you're done with all your your Catholic movies and stuff like that, Ted. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Go ahead and
2: watch this
0: one. All right. Hey yeah. by, by the way, if you get a chance check out Dexter season 1. I think it'll suck you in. It was it was awesome. I know, I,
2: yeah, oh. a lot of people have told me Dexter is really good. So that's it's another one to add to the queue.
0: Yep.
1: That's one of the that's like one of the most popular TV shows of like the of like the 2010s. So yeah, if you if you get a try it'll suck you right in. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily suck it, uh, stepping out on a limb, but I will say Ted, a funny thing about the movie You that I, or the show You that I think you will find Uh, pretty crazy as somebody who's you know over 60 years old Uh that show was actually canceled on tv and then it went to netflix and caught so much like attention and traction on netflix that they brought it back for a season two wow that's yeah i read some stuff because it is i mean we're not
2: trying to give away too much but you know it's a little a little dark or whatever and yeah i think people on like network tv didn't weren't really into it but you go to netflix and people eat it up
0: Oh, I like that stuff. It's interesting. You, you know, you talk about network TV, and I, 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 thought about this. I saw something written about it. The Golden Globes, not one network show had a nomination. That that just shows you where you know television is gone nowadays with Netflix and all the other sources out there to w- get your entertainment. Uh, the network's got to be hurting, you know, when it comes to you know quality programming other than sports.
2: Yeah, and even yeah. even movies to an extent. Are, right. I mean, it, it's still a long ways away from totally going to straight to netflix or you know hulu amazon prime whatever but you know a lot of movies that are straight to netflix are starting to get a lot of award nominations
0: i got a couple more i just wanted to touch on briefly uh i know jared you must have seen this one i don't know if matt did uh, us the movie us yeah yes i've seen it yep what did you think of that one it's it's kind of a uh who who is it uh who's the guy that Jordan Peele Peel, Peel, Peel.
1: yeah Jordan Peele directed it and it's, it's honestly, it's a, it's like a horror movie. It's this, and for those who don't know, that's the same guy who directed like Get Out. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't sleep for about, I haven't slept since I watched that movie on Thursday night. Really? That's not an exaggeration. I, I do not do good with horror movies. I kind of thought it was going to be a thriller, like Get Out. And the next thing I know about an hour, and 15 minutes in, I can't, I can't take my eyes off the screen. I'm turning the volume all the way down <laughs> because I'm scared. Yeah. All we have but to do thing, is one thing before I go throw back to you. The, the, one of the things that this this movie was based around was the Hands Across America event that went around that that happened or, like during the Reagan era. Yeah, nineteen eighty six,
0: I believe it was. Yeah. What the
1: hell was that? And did you
0: participate? <laughs> I did not participate. And uh, gosh, I'm, my memory's not as good as it was. It was. It was. I think Hands Across America was to help the the homeless or the needy, but I don't remember what specific cause it was. And then whoever organized it, tried to get a a line of people to hold hands all the way across the country. I can't remember if they were successful or not.
1: I I mean, that was, it was kind of a weird event and,
0: and, they kind of made it into a creepy thing. Yeah, they because did. Because it was kind of weird. You look at it, and it's Michael Jackson and oh, yeah. other,
1: and just kind of weird, weird, people like that holding hands. It's just something about it was kind of
0: eerie. Just to kind of put it in perspective, it was about kind of as kind of a doppelganger zombie movie, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to describe it. I can see that. Uh, I just got I got one more thing, one more movie to throw out, uh, and then if you guys have anything else, you can throw that out as well. Okay, uh, and that's Ford vs. Ferrari. I mean, obviously, it's an it's a very popular movie that a lot of people have been talking about lately, uh, and for good reason. This story, the fact that it's never been told until this movie, is kind of crazy. The fact that not everyone knows about like Ken Miles and Carroll Shelby and Henry Ford II, and, and this the entire back and forth they had with uh, Ferrari and Ford. Just one thing that I'll kind of leave as a teaser about this one, uh, then before we maybe move on, is what basically sparked the whole rivalry between Ford and Ferrari and why Ford felt the need to kind of win the 24 Hours of Le Mans race in France, uh, which is what the whole movie is centered around, around, is when they tried to buy Ferrari, they sent Lee Iacocca uh, to Italy to try to buy Ferrari when Ford was struggling. And basically what Enzo Ferrari told him to tell uh, Henry Ford II was that, hey, you'll never be your father. Like, you're not Henry Ford. And that basically just sparked this whole rivalry, millions and millions of dollars that the Ford Motor Company ended up spending just so that Henry Ford II could have that moment where he beat uh, Ferrari. So I just thought it was a really good movie and I'd recommend it. Christian Bale was incredible.
0: Yeah, I mean, anytime you got Christian Bale or Matt Damon, you know it's going to be a solid product.
2: Did you... I I heard some people say they felt like it was a little long. Did you feel that way?
1: I, I agree. Like, the first... Forty-five minutes before the actual like race starts, when it's all kind of just business stuff and talking about how, like the like the sales meetings between Ferrari and all that sort of stuff, it, it did drag a little bit. I, I could see that point exactly, but the last forty-five minutes when it's just nonstop, twenty-four hour race, it's it's awesome, and they do a good job of shooting it where you actually know what's going on. You know, I mean, it's when you normally watch a NASCAR race, it's they're going so fast that you can't even really see what's happening. But the way they shoot it, it's actually really cool. And looks, and you know exactly what's going on.
0: Now, I have one more movie that I I was shocked that Jared recommended to me, uh, and it's called Marriage Story on Netflix, and <laughs> uh, it was your recommendation was was very good. It was an awesome movie. Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver. Uh, You know, it was a tough, tough story. It was a drama all the way. There was very little humor in this movie. It was about a couple that broke up, and you had to watch their trials and tribulations and their battles. And uh, I thought the acting was just incredible, especially the one scene where they were going at it in his cheap rented apartment. And and I'll be honest with you, you a little bit of this movie, anybody that's gone through a divorce, and I have, it, it'll hit home, and this some of this stuff in that movie hit home for sure. But it was very well done. That's another one on Netflix. Your thought, Jared, since you recommended it.
1: It it, it was it was my favorite. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. It, it was it was a great movie. Adam Driver, uh, Bill Simmons has this saying where he says, "I have season tickets to this guy. Where whatever he's in, I'm gonna watch. He's in Star Wars, as you know. That was yep. my first time he kind of I saw him was in The Force Awakens. I love this guy." And like you said, it's him and Scarlett Johansson. I think it's Scarlett Johansson's best acting job in yeah. any movie she's been in in her entire career. And it, it's funny how they take a story that seems so, like, simple and not that important, just as simple as, like, one couple's divorce, and they just make a whole movie out of it. Which is, some, for somebody like me who just watches a lot of Star Wars and Marvel movies, that's kind of an interesting thing. that I was, I was surprised how kind of enthralled I was with the movie. I don't, and Matt, have you had a chance to see it?
2: I haven't seen it. I Scarlett Johansson if if you're talking about season tickets, I have season tickets for anything that she does. So, yep. and I you know, I I've heard some people say the same thing that she did great acting job uh, by her. So, I would definitely I'd be interested in seeing it.
0: Yeah, phenomenal movie. I mean, if you're in, you know, sometimes it's tough to gear up to watch a heavy drama, but it was well done and uh yeah, the acting was incredible.
2: I did mean to bring up uh your guys' favorite movie, The The Irishman, got shut out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was a little surprised at that. At least it was nominated, but yeah, shut out on the awards for sure.
2: Do you think it's because no one actually finished the
0: movie? <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we care? Like,
1: like, is that something that we watch? Do we watch the awards show? I personally don't, but it seems like something that Ted has DVR'd and probably watches it two
0: or three times. Without a do- no. I watch it once. I do DVR it. I like, uh, I like to get through all the commercials, but uh, you know, we're talking season tickets. I'll buy season tickets for Ricky Gervais and he was the host and he, his monologue at the beginning was top notch, man. He's ripping on everybody in Hollywood and he doesn't give a damn. I mean, it's awesome. Ricky Gervais was great.
2: Yeah, that that was really good. That's kinda where I'm at with the award shows. I definitely I still like them. I think they're cool. But I'm maybe a generational thing. I, I would rather just watch the clips on like Twitter. Yeah. Like I, I watched his monologue on Twitter and you know, some of the other moments or whatever. I don't know if I'm going to sit down and watch the whole four-hour thing
0: or whatever. Oh, I don't believe me. I mean, I'll, I'll DVR it, but, you, you know, when they nominate somebody for Best uh, Lighting or something like that, I'm I'm gone. I, w- I want to see the major stars, so I can zip through that thing pretty damn quick. Um, one final thing, guys. I I, I I have a hard time to admit this, and it was on my list of, I think I will mention or maybe even made my top three Christmas movies, but I have to admit, I have never sat down and watched it's a wonderful life in its entirety and I did this season and you know what? that is an absolutely incredible movie just a tremendous I movie. Told you that. I told you that, and you laughed at it. Well, I'm just serious. I mean, I had watched clips of it before, never sat down and watched every bit of it. That was an awesome movie. In black and white, <laughs> even though, Jared. In black and white.
2: Uh, I was going to say, I was going to ask,
1: did you watch black and white or the color?
0: <laughs> no, black and I, white.
1: I, I, see, I think you got to watch it with the color. Really? It's just, why, did you make a like a artistic choice, I'm going to watch this in black and white instead of in color? No, no. The it was
0: the, It was the network production, so I just recorded it and watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a great... I mean, George Bailey. Oh. Talk about his all-time guy. Yep. I mean, he's an electric factory. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. The guy, he's just a perfect
0: man. The whole backstory even, you know? I mean, it was it was just well, well done. And Jimmy Stewart, I, I forgot how great of an actor he was. I mean, you bought in 100%. He was George Bailey, didn't you?
1: Yeah, he was. So one thing that kind of spawns from that movie
0: and uh, then maybe we'll wrap our entertainment thing. Yes, yes. If we, if, if, <laughs> so basically, Matt, Matt, have you seen It's a Wonderful
2: Life? Same thing. I, I think we did. I think I've seen it all by now, like just by piecing it all together.
1: So so basically I'll explain it to the listeners just in case they don't know, which I think basically almost everyone does, but just in case. So basically what it is is he's, throughout the movie, he's shown what, it, what the world would be like if he had never lived by an angel. So what do we think, what's different, uh, like let's say that ted had never been a, never been alive and his sports casting had never been around shawasee county like what do you think the county looks like is, is has the, a lot of the schools closed their doors because his his radio broadcast haven't brought so much dollars
0: to <laughs> to. i have no answer to that one that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> just a, just an idea i don't know let's leave the idea right there how's that sound
2: I, I'd be in for uh, a Jared Fattel production of that
0: movie.
2: <laughs> He's playing Ted, though. That's the question.
0: Well, maybe Jared could. You know, he could play a young young buck broadcaster getting into the business. No,
1: it's like Hondo no, like Carpenter is like ASBF. <laughs> <laughs> he like filled your filled your void and has now like propelled himself to like the anchor head anchor spot of the
0: You you could mix all kinds of things in there. Clips from Rudy, Marriage Story, whatever you want. It it'd be a solid flick. <laughs>
2: I I figured you were gonna say like George Clooney is gonna play you.
0: Well, Tom Selleck. I've I've been called that before.
2: Okay, with that mustache.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Could be worse, that's for sure. But an old Tom Selleck. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this segment up. So One we, of it, our, yeah,
2: let's oh, wrap it up. I, uh, you know, the big talk last week, or it's still going, or whatever, the Jeopardy Goat. Did you guys watch that?
0: I did. Jared?
1: I, I caught a lot of the clips on Twitter. Okay. I, I wasn't able to watch it live. But I definitely kept up kept up to it, which is more than I would have said a few years ago.
0: I'll say very entertaining. I mean, it, it, was, it was a little... A little weird getting into an hour-long Jeopardy. You know, usually you, you you're used to the half-hour thing. You got the two categories and then the final Jeopardy. But seeing them go two full shows, it was pretty cool. And I have to admit, I thought I thought Holzhauser was going to roll away with it when they set the lineup. But Ken Jennings, I forgot how good he was and uh, how clever. He's funny. He's a funny guy, man.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. Same thing. I I only watched a bunch of the clips on Twitter also and. It, it looked like the, the three of them were kind of like, yeah, they were taking it seriously, but they were having fun with it. They were. Yeah.
0: That, it was it was well done, and I think it probably wraps up this week. So I'll be tuned in again.
2: And the the, the third dude, what, Brad, He, I, I just see people saying, like, he doesn't even belong there. He's not even, like, in the same class as the other two.
0: He's definitely struggling. And, you know, he had won, like, $3.7 million playing different varieties of the Jeopardy game. So, yeah. But they had to have a third. You know, you really you really want to do it with two. All right. It's well,
1: almost, but to me, it almost seems like they're happy to be there, which I guess they would be if they already won all this money. But yeah. they seem a little too buddy-buddy for me. Yeah. I mean, on Twitter, they have this little back-and-forth. I just kind of wish that they would hate each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they don't. You know, and they're no. getting their glory on prime time. So. But they I'll tell you one thing. They are some brilliant guys. I mean, some of the questions oh. that they have answers to, whew, you know, I'm lucky when I go through one round, that I can maybe answer three questions out of the whole board before they give the answer? It's crazy. All right, that's our segment, one of our longer ones we've had in a while, and uh, we're going to wrap up the show with some potpourri in sports, including Spartans and Wolverines, basketball, and a few other things. But before we get to that, hey, if you're looking for some fun, stop into Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of 3 Point Podcast. Weekends are really hot over there. You can cheer on the Spartans, Wolverines, Red Wings, Pistons, whoever you want to root for. Over 20 high-def TVs, awesome food and drink, Come on in Thursdays for their weekly Opinionation show. It's similar to Family Feud with great prizes, and the best part, it's absolutely free. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. And everybody likes a great deal, right? Well, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The Auction House, it's packed with all kinds of great items. They have an auction underway ending January 14th with Amazon Returns and Overstock items. And another auction with household flooring and other stuff. Stay up to date by checking their website at sharinganauctionservice.com, sign up for their email notifications, or give Troy Crow a call, 989-720-SELL, for other details. All right, guys, we're recording this podcast on Sunday, and both Michigan and Michigan State basketball had uh, key road games today and, to no surprise, came out on the losing end. Any thoughts uh, where we're at at this point of the season, boys?
2: I mean, the biggest thought that I have is, you know, Michigan's kind of, I guess you can definitely say they're struggling a little bit. Michigan State was playing really well. I think they had won eight games straight coming into this one. So, you know, they were playing really well. But, you know, what people are talking about a lot is how tough it is to win on the road right now in the Big Ten. And, I mean, we've seen it. Michigan hasn't won a true road game yet this season. So, so yeah, it, and I looked up some numbers, and uh, Big Ten teams on the road are 5-32. So, it's not just a Michigan thing struggling. The whole Big Ten is struggling on the road.
1: My main takeaway from it, I'll start with the Michigan game, then I'll go to the Michigan State game. Uh, which was, of course, Michigan played, lost to Minnesota, like you said earlier today, was that I can't wait to see Franz Wagner in a couple years. I mean, I was just loving. He, was, he had a couple big threes that just were really clutch, and – he's like still developing as a player but i do think that in a couple years when he's a junior i think he's going to be one of the he's going to be in in the debate for player of the year uh in the country i really do believe that but i don't i mean like you said matt it's a lot of just they can't win on the road but is it is it just the fact that it's like such tough places to play or is it everyone's so even like which one do you think it is
2: i still do think that michigan state probably is definitely the favorite to win the big ten but otherwise i think yeah it's for the most part, like, even teams like Rutgers, Illinois, they're pretty good this year. So, like, I think it's mostly top to bottom. The, the conference is fairly even. There's the, you know, maybe you could say that Michigan State is above the rest of the team. So, overall, I think it's a pretty even conference. Like, to the point where they might kind of beat up on each other and there might be some teams that miss out on the tournament just because they're losing a bunch of conference games.
0: Yeah, and I will say this. I mean, it's just obvious that the road the road team is at a disadvantage, especially in the Big Ten. I don't know if it's uh, just the home cooking, you know, maybe getting the calls with the refs, uh, the travel, dealing with the travel in the winter time. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's definitely a, a a fact stat right there that the, the road team struggles.
2: Look at you! Look at you teeing me up, Ted. I Tweeted <laughs> out from our our three point <laughs> podcast Twitter page. Uh, Some stats that I looked up after the Michigan game. I was just curious. I was looking into some numbers, like that five and 32 stat that uh, Big Ten teams are on the road. But I was just looking at like shooting numbers, three point, free throw, stuff like that. And I saw that just today in the Michigan-Michigan State games, Michigan and Michigan State, who were the two road teams, were a combined nine of 12 from the free throw line, and their opponents, the the home teams, Purdue and Minnesota, were 26 of 45. So. You know, whether that's the story of the game or not, you know, who knows. But that's a huge advantage for the home teams at the free throw line.
0: I guess so. That's that's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't it know is. if that's home cooking or what. But, you know, it's just crazy to see. I don't know, like, just talking about Michigan, you know, Isaiah Livers obviously is out. He was their leading scorer when he got hurt. So I'm really curious to see, like, hopefully, you know, the groin issue. So I don't know if either of you have ever had groin issues. I I pulled my groin like my junior oh, year um in baseball season and that's just like a lingering issue. Yeah. So hopefully they're just holding him out to make sure he's good because they're they're not the same team without him. I'm not saying they're gonna like when he comes back run away and win the big ten but, you know, offensively I'm I'm with you, Jared. I think Wagner is gonna be really good once he kinda, you know, adds some pounds and develops a little bit, but you know, offensively, they're not the same team without livers out there.
0: They, they need him back 100% healthy. Don't rush him back, but bring him back in time where they can make a push, you know, maybe for the Big Ten tournament and also try to solidify a spot in the NCAA, which is no guarantee at the moment. Yeah, and
1: because having him out, it forces Wagner to kind of have to shoot more. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to it's gonna make the players around him better so that when he does come back, it's not him. him like basically the him and Xavier Simpson show, and and the thing I will like nothing explains Big Ten basketball more than this, which is basically so Purdue loses to Illinois by twenty six.
0: They scored thirty seven points,
1: right. and then they and then they beat Michigan State by twenty nine. Yeah, I mean I don't, and that's just and it's the difference between being home and away, and it's also just Matt Painter.
0: He yeah, he's a hell of
1: a coach, he doesn't get enough credit for it. He really doesn't.
0: Yeah, you're right about that, and you know it's it, and the other th- observation I have on Michigan is uh, Teske. He just can't seem to stop some of these bigger players defensively. He does all right offensively, obviously. He can go back behind the arc, but he doesn't match up real well defensively, does he?
2: And that's what's crazy is coming into the year, like he's he's been looked at as one of the better, if not maybe one of the best, maybe outside of Xavier Tillman, but uh, defensive big men in the Big Ten. And I don't know, like I, I did see some people talking about it on Twitter today, and uh, one of our former guests, Ant Wright, um, who played at Michigan, he was talking about it today, too, that under line they used to, they would double down in the post sometimes or, like, dig, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of, like, hedge, show, show a little bit of help on the big men. Jawan Howard, I don't know if it's, like, his philosophy or just his coaching staff's philosophy, they don't double-team the bigs at all. It's basically Teske one-on-one or whoever the big is, one-on-one against the other team's big. And they're basically saying, like, let this guy – Don't leave the shooters if this guy's going to beat us down in the post that's fine just don't leave the three-point shooters open they don't want to like get beaten by guys just knocking down a ton of threes which is great but right these last few games the the big men of the teams that michigan is playing they're having career days yeah so you know i don't know if that's a tesky thing because it's kind of like man if he's just being left all all alone that that's tough to ask anyone to do but yeah he he's kind of looking like he's getting owned a little bit
0: all right like i said we're we're recording this on Sunday so we got the big college football national championship game coming up tomorrow night and uh, uh we'll give our little predictions but before we get to that also a tough week for the Spartan nation as George Perlis. Uh, their longtime coach, football coach, and athletic director passed this passed away this week, and I know they're mourning his loss over there. And I will say one thing about Perlis. I did have a chance to interview him years ago. Real solid guy, hardcore guy, and and you got to give him a lot of credit because when he came in to take over the Michigan State program, they were in shambles. And he really he really made them respectable and kind of set the foundation for Saban to take over and now D'Antonio. So, you know, George Perlis needs to get a lot of credit, even though his overall record, I think, was just maybe a game or two above 500, But he brought respectability back to East Lansing and the Spartans, so he'll definitely be missed. All right, guys, uh, college football championship, I guess. All we can do at this point, you know, we don't want to be too outdated in our comments, but we might as well make a prediction. You know, update our uh, thoughts from a week ago. You got LSU and Clemson tomorrow night. What are we thinking?
1: I teased it a little bit on the last show, um, but I really do think that this LSU team is is probably the best college football team I've ever seen. I mean just from everywhere from Joe Burrow to just the guys they have on on defense.
0: Let me let me let me put an asterisk on that for one second because I think I heard earlier in the season Ohio State was, but go ahead, continue.
1: I never said that. Okay. I
0: didn't say that they were. No, that was like
1: the, the I was a lot of people did say that Ohio State would was, which I thought was kind of crazy. But they definitely are Ohio State was very good, and smart people were saying that they were the best team they ever seen. Joel Klatt, yeah. um, Colin Goward, whether you like him or not, he's pretty—he's uh, a pretty smart guy. The thing is, I just think the way that they—they they looked impressive in basically every single game they played this year. There hasn't been a game that you've looked at where you said, "Oh, like they, even though they won, they didn't look that good." Basically, every game they've exceeded expectations, and by blowing out Oklahoma, I know it's Oklahoma—they get blown out by everybody, but seven passing touchdowns in the first half. <laughs> I mean, they've been as impressive as they come, and I don't care if they beat Clemson by one or by 20 – this, if they end up beating Clemson, I do. They go down in my book as the best team I've ever seen in my 20 years.
0: What do you think? A high-scoring game? Throw a score out, and we'll just see how close we get. I think it's going to be a
1: game for the ages, similar to the Alabama-Clemson um, game from a few years ago, where the Clemson won the last play of the game. I think it's going to be in the, Both teams are going to be in the 40s, maybe like a 45 to 41. Wow. Or 45 to 38, somewhere along those lines. You're not going to stop LSU. Yeah. You're just not going to be able to stop them. I don't care if it Clemson has the athletes or not. You just can't. So it's, the only way Clemson has a chance, they're going to have to put up points with them. So we'll see.
0: Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to go along with that here on record, but I'll tell you what. Clemson's record the last couple of years, uh, what, they haven't been beat, right? <laughs> so it's, it's hard to pick against them, and they're pretty darn good for old Dabo Sweeney there. But uh, I'm going to go 35-31 LSU. I just think they got just too much, and this is definitely their year. And Joe Burrows, I mean, quite wh- a story. Quite a quarterback in his own right.
3: Still high
2: scoring, though, but, yeah, that both of those would be really entertaining. I'm kind of, like, with you guys, I, I do think LSU is far and away, like, the best team in country, or like, all year they have been. You know, yeah, Ohio State was there, but LSU has just been, I mean, just a complete team the whole season, offensively, defensively, everywhere. Even Ed Orgeron is just looking like one of the best coaches in the country anyway. The one thing I do think, even though I can't stand it, because we've talked about Dabo Sweeney and how oh, I can't stand, stand him, He's been there. They they Clemson has been there. Even Trevor Lawrence has been there as a quarterback. Like they've been there done that in the national championship game. You know, sometimes that does come into play. I don't know if like the moment would be too big for Joe Burrow. He seems like, you know, a pretty cool customer when it comes to playing quarterback. I so I don't know if, if that'll bother him. But if the moment like does get a little too big for L S U, you would think Clemson's experience might actually help them out. But I mean, the firepower that L S U has, I don't think. Clemson's going to be able to stop
0: them for a whole game. Yeah, and I think everything you said is true. I think the overriding factor maybe that will neutralize some of that is it's, it's right there in New Orleans, you know.
2: Yeah, that helps, just a bus ride for LSU. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of with you, like a high-scoring game, 42-30, to 30, you know, something like that.
0: All right, well, it's, it's a sad day, though. College football done, pro football winding down, I guess – and really, this is the time of year that I start just really, really gearing up into basketball. I think you guys maybe get into it a little bit earlier than I do mentally. But uh, we're going to have a whole lot of basketball to talk about in an upcoming podcast. All right, guys, let's call it a pod. And I want to thank our guest, Mike Camerlengo and uh, make sure you give him a follow at M and also uh, check him out on Instagram at 62nd Classics. Make sure you can subscribe and rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, the others. It's free and it'll definitely help us continue to grow. Send your comments for topics or guest suggestions to us on social media at 3 point Pod. Also support our 3Point Podcast partners. Tell them you listen to us. Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, the Corona Public Schools, and ProMec Engineering. Also make sure to check out our network friends at Sports Radio Detroit. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the Z92.5 Studios in Owasso, Michigan. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast.